Hi, my name is John Kim, and I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth. I share my feelings and revelations. I believe in casual or clinical and with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. There is so much noise out there, especially when it comes to self-betterment, and that's why I created TAT text. I'm actually using texting as a mental program. It's like the program you uh, get at the gym, but this is for your mental and emotional state. Every week there's a different topic. One week would maybe relationships, the next week uh, codependency, next week dating, etc. And at the end of the week, you get a private link to a Google Doc that takes you deeper. A lot of how to, right? It's not just information, but it's like, what do we do with this information? So, If you want to wake up with something that is going to reposition your mindset and set you up for a day that you can maneuver in the best version of yourself, come check out my text. You could get them at theangrytherapist.com or on my Instagram at theangrytherapist. See you in your phone. I just wrote an Instagram post titled, You Don't Own Your Relationship, and I wanted to expand on that because I think it's important and it's a common theme that I find when I'm coaching people with their relationships. Also, it's 6 a.m., and this is my morning voice, as you can hear, (laughs) very groggy. So, and there's also a garbage truck outside uh, making tons of noise. So, um, I'm trying to accept, (laughs) not trying to control the universe. And these are the uh, things that are happening, and this is the situation. Let's roll with it. Um, Okay, so I have a tattoo on my right forearm that says resist nothing. And (laughs) I try to live by it. Uh, It's extremely difficult. Uh, It's a giant tattoo, and I remember that when I first got it, you know, tattoos are really shiny. I went straight from a, the tattoo parlor to a party, and um, it was one of my first tattoos, and I didn't really think about it, um, you know, how it would show up, and it was so shiny and so just, like, alarming, right? Resist nothing on, on your forearm, bright, and like it's wet, wet ink. Um, I remember people were, like, stunned, <laughs> all my friends, and they were like, Oh, you got a tattoo. It's like, you know, when you get a really bad haircut and people are like, uh, you got a haircut, but they, they just announced that you got a haircut, but they don't tell you anything else about it. I got a lot of that at that party. And I remember coming home thinking, what the fuck did I do? And I remember regretting it. But over the years, um, it has faded and, um, the font is American typewriter matches, uh, you know, me, me and my writing. So, um, now I've actually come full circle I love it and um I also now get a lot of compliments on it and um anyway totally bird walking off the subject but uh reminding myself and you I don't know what you are struggling with today to resist nothing to lean into um any kind of uh turbulence or anxiety you know anxiety comes from this uh our pushback right our our um are holding on, and I think sometimes if you just let go and let things be, um, whether it's a groggy morning voice leaning into that, or um, people outside the garbage, um, the garbage man um, making lots of noise, um, whatever it is, lean into it, breathe. Okay, so 
You don't own your relationship. I think part of why we act like we do, and of course uh, it could be subtle, and it could come from a place of uh, uh, of not not really consciously being aware of it, right? But um, little subtle behavior, right, uh, that makes the other person feel like you are owning. <laughs> so there is you, there's your partner, and then there is the relationship, and the relationship is its own living, breathing thing. I, I tell people it's like, you know, it's like you have a you raise children. And you think you own your child <laughs> until she turns 18 and she becomes an adult and she has her own opinions and her own life. And then you realize you do not own the child. Uh, you raise the child. You love the child. But the child uh, is her own person, right? And the relationship is the same thing. Um, you don't own the relationship. There's you. There's your partner. Um, you guys are doing life together. In the process of doing that, the process of actually choosing to love that person daily um, creates this relationship and the relationship is it's it's its own thing and i i believe the relationship uh, assuming it's healthy can become greater than its parts i believe that the relationship um, being its own thing can actually be this kind of space this container this uh, engine that uh, keeps two people um on their path and uh, grows them, you know. I think the relationship can be can be bigger than you. So, part of why I think we believe, whether it's conscious or subconscious, that we own the relationship or our partner is is uh, taking in definitions from our parents. Um, I don't know about you, but my parents are old school Korean. This is a cultural thing. Um. Their love definition is very different than mine today, and uh, it's the old machismo, um, uh, being Korean, you know, uh, the women are usually submissive, um, the the males are like dominant, and, and, and um, there's a lot of shoulds, right, and women should do this, men should do that, or be like that, and um, lots of fire, and jealousy, and control. <laughs> Very Telemundo, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So that part of it is cultural, and I grew up absorbing that. And then I think what happens is um, as you fall in love with and invest in someone, and the relationship becomes uh, super important to you and kind of consumes you, you can also start to lose your life, right? And and, and this is a version of this has happened to me where when you let me sip my coffee when you lose your life you know when there's enmeshment um the relationship means a lot more because the relationship then becomes your life right and when that happens um you start to own it because that's all you have right so if you if there's uh, turbulence or if there's friction or conflict in the relationship um there's so much weight on it it instantly brings you anxiety and you're going to want to control it because uh, we want to control things. Being out of control uh, makes us panic and anxious. So we start to have um, relationship-owning behavior, right? This comes off as control. This comes off as um, trying to put things in our box, a lot of shoulds. 
um, manipulation, you know, all of that stuff. So I think that's uh, um, one of the ways that we slowly, without being aware, uh, tend to own a relationship. And so the solution would be, um, and I'm not trying to be a dick, uh, to get a life. And it's something that I actually <laughs> tell my clients um, when they start to get fall into codependency, you know, when they start to uh, put all the weight on the relationship and the relationship becomes a sun that they revolve around, right? And they start to lose their life. You got to pull back and you got to get a life. And that means that um, running towards your true north, where your passion is, where you're building, you know, what you think you're meant to do. Um, what do you like to do? You know, do you only do things for your partner? Um, getting a life means having two separate lives and, and, and doing life together. It doesn't mean doing one life. I used to also think back in the day that, you know, if you love someone, you give everything for to that person, like you self-sacrifice, right? And relationships are about compromise, but uh, relationships are not about compromising self. And so with that definition, um, you have no life because your life is your relationship. And I thought that's what it meant to um, be a good husband or to, um, you know, love someone with everything. And I've learned that that is, uh, unhealthy. <laughs> that is, that is where codependency and, uh, the sticky swamp lives. Right. And, um, it's not sustainable because you don't have two people pumping, um, pumping pistons, right? Imagine that. And then the engine is the relationship. You actually have uh, two people fighting over the steering wheel. So there is you. There's your partner. And as you guys do life together, there's the relationship that eventually becomes um, greater than the parts, right? And that doesn't mean that it over, <laughs> over, uh, overshadows your life. That's not what I mean. I just mean that it can be this engine that grows you guys, right? That sharpens you guys. Um, but you guys don't own the relationship. It is uh, shared. It is something that you guys have created. Um, but it's its own thing. Like a child who grows up and goes to school and then goes to college and creates her own life. That's what um, a relationship is like. So ask yourself this. Are you owning the relationship, whether you know it or not? Are you in behavior? Um, do you think that the relationship is yours? Uh, because if you do, um, the byproduct of that could be control, uh, could be jealousy behavior uh, could be everything from you know how someone should live their life to who they should hang out with to what they should wear what they should eat and like all of that stuff which is um, um, being possessive right then your partner is no longer um, a partner but an object right and if you also grew up where you were um, used to taking care of people if you grew up and usually it's the uh, elder elderly that as far as sibling position the oldest child um, and you have that habit and that pattern of um, raising <laughs> raising your siblings or um, you know being the one that kind of the caretaker right that could also come off as uh, control and jealousy uh, jealousy behavior and um, wanting to wanting your partner to live a life that you think is the best for them. 
right? So instead of being a partner, being a mother. So that could also kind of leak whether it's intentional or not. Um, and that's also kind of what owning a relationship looks like. So when I say owning a relationship, you're not, I'm not saying you own the person, but it's like almost like um, you coming in and dominating or laying your own tracks or putting a lot of shoulds on, on how people should love, how things should be, you know, that kind of stuff. And it doesn't have to be um, intentional and it doesn't have to be extremely obvious. It could be subtle. Um, and so that's why I'm reminding you that if you um, are doing these things to really look at, look at it, look at the patterns, where they're coming from, and to know that the, the relationship is not yours to own and to trust it. You know, I think one of the things that people struggle with is they end up not trusting what they've built. And if you have built something with legs, um, if you guys have been in something for a long time and there's um, a lot of love and it's deep, trust what you've built, you know. Um, just because you get into a fight doesn't mean that it's over or the sky's going to fall because if you've built something that is uh, meaningful, it will be, uh, it'll withstand, you know, conflict and turbulence. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there, and so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching, that's J-R-N-I, and it is amazing, it's 100% live, it's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support and business development, ICF certified, just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.